Good singing. I appreciate that. If you would turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13 for our thoughts this morning. Familiar text we're going to look at this morning, but still vital to us today. And yes, when you get there, would you please stand? Luke chapter 13. And we're going to begin with verse 34. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you, and we're thankful for this opportunity and privilege to come to your house and to worship you, the true and living God. Father, I thank you for each one gathered here. Thank you for our guests. Thank you for our membership. Father, I'm thankful most of all for your son who went to the cross to die for our sins, Lord. Lord, I just pray now as I preach your word that you'll bless the message, and Lord, you'll just give me the words to say that I might preach with boldness and authority your truths. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you or needs, Lord, to come for whatever reason, I pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit will draw them to you as we lift up our Savior. So again, Lord, we thank you for the songs, special. Thank you again for this privilege and honor of being in your house to worship you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to speak to you on the subject of the dangers of denial. Now, what we've just read, understand this is the last week of the Lord's ministry here on earth. He goes into Jerusalem. And of course, he gets into Jerusalem and everywhere he went, (laughs) a lot of people loved him. A lot of people didn't love him. And every time he would go in, especially when it come to the Pharisees, when he turned over the money table, money changers tables, that was on a Monday, uh, they were angry with him. But the point I want to bring out this morning is he was still there. And he was there and they denied him. Time and time again, he would reveal that he was the Messiah. In fact, this passage that we have just read deals with the Jews. But they denied him as a Messiah, even though he performed miracles, even though he did good, even though he even raised their dead, he fed the multitudes, they still didn't want him to be the Messiah. It's a shame because he weeps for Jerusalem, Israel. He still weeps today. Amen. He's there in their midst. The very one that had been prophesied 
to come and to die on the cross, to be the Lamb, to be the Savior, the very one, they still denied him. And he's weeping, and there's only two to three instances of Scripture. I think it's more two than, I think I found one other. But where he wept, Lazarus, tomb, and here. And the reason he's weeping is because his heart is broken. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. And that's the sad thing. So just as he wept for the Jews to receive him and it broke his heart because they denied him. And as I said a moment ago, there's great danger in denying the Savior. For the lost, what happens if they die denying the Savior? They go to hell. Eternally separated from God. But what happens if we, the church, deny him? He removes his blessings and his glory from us. So he's there and he's weeping. Oh, Jerusalem! Jerusalem! And I can just imagine the teardrops falling off of his chin as he beholds the city. But he does the same thing in the world today with us. When he sees the lost and he knows what their end will be, he weeps because they don't recognize him either as the one. That was to come and lay down his life for our sins. Isn't that a shame? It's a shame. Let's talk about denial for a second. I've told the church this. I pastored a church where one of my deacons, his grandson, murdered his wife. Going down the road and kicked her out of the truck on the highway. Uh, yes, it killed her. We got the call. Deacon called me. We got to go Perry County Jail. Johnny has messed up. I get there. And they let me back there to visit with him. And the very first thing Johnny said, Preacher, I didn't do it. I said, uh, Johnny, I've tried to be honest with you ever since I've known you and I've been your pastor. So I'm not going to change. I'm going to be honest with you. You did it. You say, well, you, he said, you're not, you wasn't there. I go, no, but the person that's in the jail over here is giving a statement. They watched you push her out. You're guilty. But my point is, he was in absolute denial. He didn't want to admit And that's where the Jews are today. They still don't want to admit that the Savior has been sent. The Lamb of God, the Messiah, has come. And because of it, they're going to have to go through the tribulation. And by the way, the tribulation is for the Jew. Now the lost are going to be going through the tribulation too. But it's the Jews. It's to 
get them to finally open their eyes, and we'll get into that in a second. But notice, he's weeping. I wonder how many times he weeps when we don't recognize he's in our midst, just like the Jews in Jerusalem. How many times does he weep over us, not even knowing he's there? Can I tell you, he's always there. And he sees everything. He knows everything, Brother Shiro. But how many times have we caused him to weep? Maybe we haven't claimed him like we should when we're out in the world. Maybe we're not telling others about him like we should when he puts them in our path. And he weeps. I'm just thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ is very patient. Because if he wasn't patient, we would all be in trouble, beloved. All of us. But notice what he says. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. And I'm going to do a little paraphrasing. But basically, what he's saying is, Israel, I have stood in your midst and I came to serve you, to offer you redemption, forgiveness of sin, and yet you won't even call upon me. And understand, he's fixing to go to the cross to die for their sins. And for our sins. And yet they never recognized him. They were in denial. How often I would have protected you. He wants to protect us from an eternity. Being separated from him for all eternity. But. They wouldn't, would they? Now jump up. I know I skipped where he said, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. Show you the goodness of God. God sent his preachers. Now we're not guilty of killing preachers, thank the Lord, physically. But we sure can kill them with our lips. Amen? But God sent prophets to them, preachers to them, to share the gospel, to share the word of the Lord. And yet, what did they do? They denied that they were sent by God, and they stoned them. They killed them. Why? Because they were in denial. You see, their problem was there was such a thing as arrogance. You know there's arrogance in the church today. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble, I can already tell. You see, they were arrogant. We are happy with our tradition. We're happy. And we love just the way we are. So we don't want to be bothered with you, Lord. You're going to upset the apple cart. We don't want that. We're content. Isn't that a shame? But church, I see it today in our churches. Our churches are the same way. We are 
content with the way things are in our tradition. And we have arrogance. Oh, we're good. But what we fail to realize, church, is when we don't recognize the Lord and we don't have Him in His rightful place, that the blessings of God are withdrawn from us. His glory is taken from us. And all we're doing is going through the motions. And there's people out there where His glory has been removed and they don't even know it. They sit there and the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't phase them. They have no clue. And beloved, I don't ever want to be in a position where I miss Jesus. I want Him around. Because if He's not around, I'm wasting my time and so are you. And there are churches out there today where God has removed His glory. Amen. Oh, they still meet. They go through the motions. But His glory has been removed. No one walks the aisle and receives Christ. No one knows how to properly worship the Lord, even though they're going through the motions. Why? Because they missed Him. Even though He's been in their midst, He has Remove the glory. And I know some of you are saying, well, that preacher don't know what he's talking about. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. You're right. He will never leave us or forsake us. But understand, he won't be anywhere where he's not welcome. Amen. You don't welcome him, he ain't coming. And people don't understand that. Because they like to read this because it makes them feel good. But they don't want to read what's under it and what's before to put it in the right context. Folks, understand something. Jesus is dealing with the Jews here. And they rejected him. You say, well, that's why I don't like the Jews. You better love the Jews. You better love them. Everybody, but especially his chosen. See, that's what gets me. Sister, they were chosen by God. Chosen! And this wasn't the first time that he had to chasten them. It wasn't the first time that he had to allow them to go into bondage because of their rebellious spirit and their disobedience. But he still loved them. They are the apple of his eyes. And listen to me. The church is not Israel like some try to teach and preach today. We're not Israel. But we are Gentiles that by the grace of God and His sacrifice on the cross, we have been grafted in to the same tree. And that tree is Christ Jesus, the Lord. But again, understand. They missed him. He wanted them to recognize him for who he was. God, who left the glory of heaven and robed himself in flesh, 
being born in a major, living a perfect, sinless life. And when I say perfect, that's the only way he could become the Lamb of God that would take the sins of the world away. He had to be perfect in every aspect. Now, it's hard for us to fathom. But believe it or not, there was only one person that came into the world that was perfect. There's been only one. And his name is Jesus. You and I aren't perfect. That's why he came. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that he was perfect enough that I might have my sins washed away by his blood. Now, notice with me. Notice what he says. He said, Which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. Them old prophets came. They shared the scriptures. And what did they get? Stoned. Killed. They didn't want to hear it. It's the same way in the world today. People don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear the preacher. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I won't be popular for saying this. That's okay. There's some preachers out there that don't need to be preaching the gospel because they ain't preaching the truth. Amen? Some of them like to soft coat it. All cherry vines and apple blossoms just give me my check amen don't think for a minute there ain't preachers out there it's filthy lucre is what it is it's what the bible says listen yes you as a body have a obligation to take care of the preacher it's your obligation God did it not me don't get mad at me because you got to pay me But listen to me, I'm not here for the money. This isn't a job. It's a calling. And I'm here to tell you, believe me, if it was a job, I'd have done walked off the job. Say amen, I'd have done went out the door. Listen, I can fish, I can hunt somewhere. But it's not. It's a calling. And I'm here because this is where I'm supposed to be. But one of these days, he might move me somewhere else. And the next one that comes in, he still expects you to be obligated to take care of the next pastor. So, back to those that were stoned, those prophets. God gave the children of Israel everything to help them. And yet they wouldn't. Because they were in denial. Oh, not not him. He's from Nazareth. He's a carpenter's son. (sighs) To really cut him down, he was conceived in fornication. Talking about blasphemy. Understand, God has done everything that needs to be done so that the world is without excuse Jesus came, he died on that cross, he rose from the dead, he is coming back. Now, 
Notice what he says. This ought to get your attention and mine. Verse 35. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Understand. That word desolate means inhabitable. Empty, that's right. Lonely. It pictures a husband leaving his wife. A shepherd of the sheep leaving them alone in danger. He says, I'm leaving your house desolate. And beloved, if he left Israel desolate because of their unbelief, don't think for a moment he won't leave the church desolate because of our unbelief. Amen? Yes, he's the head of the church. Yes, he died for the church. Yes, he receives his glory through the church. But understand, he will remove himself. You know, it troubles my heart sometimes when I read of a church back home in Arkansas where I've preached before, held revival before, and I find out they've closed the doors. It troubles me. It does. But then, you know, you run into somebody or talk to somebody and they start saying, well church split because of this and that and they run off the pastor and they did this and they did that and then the doors close and you know it's because the Lord has allowed the church to be desolate he's removed his glory for the nonsense because believe it or not a church that don't even recognize Christ, that go through the motions of worship with not any filling, with not any true worship. Listen, they're doing a disservice to the Lord. They're doing a disservice to His church. And all of those around that church, in that community, wherever it is, listen, they're doing a disservice to them. So God closes it. Because it hurts His cause. That's a shame. But he says, desolate. Desolate for how long? Pastor John, look at what he says. Until you, behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. When will we see him? When he comes. I said it. Moments ago, the tribulation is for the Jew. They will behold his glory one day. And they will recognize that he was who he claimed to be. He was the Messiah. But the sad thing is, just a little too late. I'm not saying the Jews won't come around. There will be a remnant saved. But they missed it. They were in denial. 
And people, especially those that don't know him, are in denial. Oh, they're going to recognize him because the Bible says that every knee bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But the problem is, those that die without Christ, it's too late. Because they missed him. Because of denial. My question this morning is, where are we when it comes to recognizing him as a Messiah? Have you done that? Is he your Savior? Or are you going to miss him? I can't think of a greater tragedy than to come to the Lord's church, hear his word preached and taught, and still miss him. You say, well, I would never deny him. You want to go there? We deny him in lots of ways. You say, well, at least I'm not like the Jew. I want to tell you something. They were given as our examples. So whether you like it or not, you're like them. Not saying you are them, but you're like them. And what got them in trouble? They were arrogant, didn't want to change their tradition, and they denied him of his rightful place. And the prophets that God sent showed them and taught them that he's the one. But they didn't want him to be who he claimed to be. They were content and happy with their own religion. Didn't want to recognize him. Sometimes I think the church is content and happy. Folks, I don't ever want to be just happy and content with the traditions that we have. I want to serve the Lord according to the word of God and live and follow him day by day. I was in denial 26 years as a lost person. Oh, I knew about him because I grew up in church. I'd heard about him, but I was in denial. One, that I was a sinner. I thought I was as good as anybody else. And I wasn't biggest drunk in Garland County, Arkansas. But I thought I was as good because the devil convinced me that anybody that goes to church are just hypocrites sitting in the pew. None of them are what they claim to be. Well, I want to tell you something about hypocrites. It took till after I got saved, but the Lord showed me something. I had rather go to church with them than go to hell with them. And I want you to understand, I want you to understand, all of us, and I'm pointing one, two, three, four, ten fingers at me, all of us at one point or another have been hypocritical in our lives as believers. You say, no, next time you're at a restaurant, Bow your head, say a blessing over the food with the waitress or waiter sitting there. 
standing there at the table. I know some that wouldn't do it. You say, how do you know? Because I've been with some of them. Why didn't you? Because it wasn't my place. I was invited to dinner with them. And by the way, you can still invite me. (laughs) Amen. I'll go. But listen to me this morning. Listen to me. We, we sometimes are hypocrites. We say we love the Lord. We pray. We read our Bibles. Yeah, we read our Bibles. Read one verse. Okay, I'm ready to go. Folks, that ain't studying God's Word. That's not meditating on God's Word. You've got to be in the book. If you want to know about Him, you want to know what His will is, you want to know what He wants and requires of you, you've got to be in that book. The Word of God. The Holy Word of God. Understand. There's danger when you deny him. And people are denying him all the time. Don't you and I be caught denying him. If we say we're Christians and we're saved, we are to act it. Amen? He literally wept. His heart was broken because they wouldn't come to him and receive him. I wonder this morning. I wonder how much he weeps over us. Those of us that are saved, that are his. Thank God we recognize he was the Messiah. The Savior, the Lamb that God sent into the world for our sins, our sacrifice. But does he weep? There's a danger in denying who he is. Don't want to accept the fact that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And even though God could have many times just said, nope, not worth it. In spite of all of our sins and failures, he loved us and went to the cross. So, if you're under the sound of my voice this morning, you've never called on the Lord for salvation, I would encourage you to do that now. Don't deny him. Come and take the fountain of life. Freely, freely. Well, preacher, it'd be hard for me to give up this or that. I want to tell you, the greatest thing you can obtain in life is a personal relationship with Christ. And by the way, once you come to him, you'll realize that what you say is hard for you to give up. It's real simple. You know why? Because there is a change from the inside that proceeds out. All of that baggage, all of that sin, 
you'd have no desire for it no longer. People ask me all the time, well, if you were really an alcoholic, how, how was you able to get rid of that? As I've told you in my testimony, the moment I met Jesus, he delivered me from that. I never picked it up again. And I never had withdrawals. I never went to a 12-step. He just delivered me from it. But it wasn't because I had a lot of willpower. No, it was because of him and his power. And when you are submitted to him, you can be delivered from anything. Any addiction. Been there. I know about addiction. He delivered me. And he set me free. And he'll do the same thing for you, sinner friend. He'll do it. You say, but I don't think I can. If you'll just come and let him do it, you won't have to worry about doing anything. Because he did it all 2,000 years ago. Just come. But don't deny him. Child of God, Lone Mountain Baptist Church, don't deny him. Keep him as the head of this body. Remember who he is. And when he blesses us, you give him the glory. We don't take glory. Anything that he does at this church, he does it. We don't do nothing. We're just vessels that he uses to accomplish his will for his glory. So understand that, church. I Oh, I would hate to come at the end of the way, stand before the Lord, and he say, I called you to preach, and you just went through the motions. I called you to pastor Lone Mountain. I didn't receive glory. I had to remove the glory because y'all were in denial. You refused to believe in me. Oh, I don't want to come to the way and hear that. Church, you shouldn't want that either. And I will say, not to bust the balloon, but you guys, we're blessed here. We have something very special. Are we perfect? No. But we do preach and we do teach the Word of God. And we are a loving church. Oh, there's times we might have a little flare up here or there. That's just us growing. Amen? It's just growing. And by the way, you say, yeah, but you're not perfect. Well, you're not going to find a perfect church here. But I assure you the church will be perfect in glory with the Lord. We will be perfect there but this is a training ground this is where we're getting prepared can you imagine can you imagine what it's going to be like when we're called to be with him around the throne with our loved ones and you know all of my old preacher brothers that I've known that's gone on to be with the Lord and whatnot. boy it's going to be something you know we're like fishermen we like to tell whoppers Amen. You ever been with a true fisherman? Catch a fish that big. That thing was that big. I fought it for an hour. 
preachers do the same thing. Oh, we had 150 in Sunday school and 300 in preaching, and we had five or six walk the aisle. But that's good if that happens. But just remember, it wasn't because of you, preacher. It's the Lord. Amen? We're just like fishermen. And by the way, I'm telling you the truth. We're supposed to be fishermen. Amen? So in close, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. Oh, how I would have gathered you under my wings as a chick or babies. If you'd have just come. He wants you to come today. Don't put it off. If he's spoken to your heart, obey his voice and come. Father, that's the message. I just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would have his way. Help us, Lord, to know that you're in our midst, Lord. Help us, Father, to never deny you. Lord, I know that one day Israel will recognize you as the Messiah. Their eyes will be opened. But the sad thing is they're going to realize 2,000 years they've missed you. Lord, the sad thing is even today they're still looking for you when you've already been here. Praise God you're coming back though. So Father, you know the hearts, those that I stand before. If there's one that needs to come, bless the invitation and draw them to you as we lift Jesus up. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.